0: Uh, so right before when you're like I'm scanning my audio devices, I sat up, and I think you can tell that I've been doing a lot of driving recently because I literally was like, I reached over my shoulder to like reach for a seatbelt just now, and I went <laughs> oh. Hmm. That's because now,
1: it's time to buckle up, Colin, because we're getting into 1947.
0: Boy, are we ever, which technically we will have been in for one episode by now. but well, it, We're getting uh, into it.
1: That was like a prologue. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only dark time 10 for minutes. the California 1946 was over and the empire had struck back.
0: And also Matt Skiba had left and gone back to Chicago.
1: Yeah, that's I right. I don't know, 1940s what will we Matt, do. Matt
0: Skiba. Um, Who was the Matt Skiba of 1946 slash 1947,
1: James? In all honesty, probably like a you know, a, a black blues musician, frankly.
0: No, I, that's fair. Like, that's honestly probably very accurate. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the episode. Here we go. Ready?
1: The yeah, Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, (laughs) the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts, doing a bit from something that we did before the episode started.
1: And I'm Don Pardo, back from the dead. (laughs) I sound the same.
0: He was probably alive during this, right?
1: Don Pardo, probably, yeah. He was the the head of a crime family. Don Pardo, please, Pardo me. (laughs)
0: 1918, that's so funny. That's good. That's all
1: right, uh, and I'm James Anderson, your other host on the show. We're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time.
0: Absolutely, and James, I'm gonna get right into it this week because it's a, it. it's a long it's a long clip.
1: Hit it! It's like a self-contained uh, mystery, like all oh, in the, one.
0: Yes, absolutely, and I'm going to break this down into two sections, and the second time section is also going to have a disclaimer. So oh, let's okay. do the first part of it. But I'm gonna give you the full timestamp, just okay. up front. Uh, because I didn't write down what I broke it down into. So which Great. would have been smart, but who cares? <laughs> uh so listen, you're gonna to listen to the whole episode anyway, and you will have watched this whole clip by the time you come in. So right. that's the that's the I almost said that's the T, which is not how I speak, but it's very clear that like I've been partaking in you know, content that's where
1: T, but which and in this which T means...
0: Uh, T. The T is T for timestamp. Okay, uh, timestamp, here we are. Yeah. There we go. We, we got there.
1: We did it. So yeah, you're going to start
0: sense. at 10 minutes and four seconds, and you're going to go until the end of the episode. And here's what happens. Oh, my God. Is this a first look at Indiana Jones five footage? No, it's Peggy Carter leaving New York to head the California way as the music stylings of Johnny Mercer and the Pied Pipers takes off at full volume. Do you like takes off?
1: Uh, yep, because of a plane.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jarvis and Peggy greet each other in possibly the most British they've ever sounded on this show, uh, complete with big, warm smiles. I didn't write it in my notes, but I will say it. Basically, it just goes, Miss Carter, she goes, Mr. Jarvis.
1: It, it it stops at a crossroads between is it going to be British or incredibly sensual? And it takes a left turn onto British, but there's a moment where Petty Gee's like, Mr. Jarvis. If she was greeting someone else, you'd be like, oh, wow. Is that, you know, are they going to canoodle? I like I the, the way that they, yes.
0: I think you're very right, though, by the way, about it, like, taking a left turn where it's like, it could be sensual or it yeah. could be just very British. And I think what's cute about this is that, like, I think if we didn't have all of what we had in season one, you like rather if this was the first time you ever saw these characters ever, yeah, right? You might go, oh, there's something between them. There's yeah. a chemistry here, maybe yeah. it's central. But like what's cute about it is the fact that whereas you might think it's gonna go there because they are such good friends, yeah. it doesn't go there whatsoever.
1: Let me just... I, I'm i going to say one sentence because it just occurred to me and I'm really fascinated by it. And then I want you to move on into the second sentence of the synopsis. Um,
0: <laughs> it's a third. Don't worry.
1: They did this same thing at the end of season one where they just British the hell out of each other because they yes. were alone oh together. Oh my God, yeah. It's code switching. They can finally be... It really is. ...as British as they want to be because it's like, oh, finally. And I-
0: I didn't put it in my notes because again I'm condensing it, but I will yeah. say that like some of their code that they use together, like she then uses back with other people because it's like a fun little joke to her and her. Right. Own. Yeah. She's exactly. Like, oh, if Jarvis was here, he would have so much fun, right? <laughs> which is very cute. Okay, so yeah. they smile at each other. They're like, oh, Mr. I car- I'm oh, sorry, Miss Card. Jimmy Carter. Mr. Car- Jarvis. Yeah, Jimmy car- yeah. Uh As they walk to the car, Peggy then begins to ask about Howard's business and why he's out there in the west and if jarvis was getting his estates ready yes i think i see where this is going jarvis begins but i don't understand you're puzzled perhaps uh puzzled yes that's the word there's a beat and he says it's the flamingo isn't it (laughs) it is yes and it is easily one of the funniest moments of the entire episode as we cut to a flamingo in a cage in the backseat of the car Jarvis explains that she is not the only guest of Stark's. Also, a funny line. Uh, they then get in the car, and Jarvis dishes on Stark starting his own motion picture studio. How the Californians eat avocados with everything, uh, oh, and truly questions funny. the structures of palm trees, mm. which I think is also great. Uh, yeah, provides no shade. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say it's a dry heat, but it's unbearably hot, uh, and there's an abundance of drivers, and an ob- and they're abundantly irresponsible. Uh, so he's just really popping off so much that he's wanted to talk about he, so Jarvis finally comes out and says what's on his mind he's bored he wants to go around with Carter again they exchange some more banter and he finally drops her off at the Auerbach Auerbach mm-hmm. Auerbach
1: Auerbach, yeah.
0: Auerbach Auerbach theatrical agency inside we see Rose whoa yeah, what? she's there too and she's watching in pain as two dancers give their this is in air quotes, best dance number in the lobby. It's actually not bad for 1946 dancing. You know what I mean? but, uh, 47. Still. Okay, god damn it, James, come on. 19, 1940s dancing. There you go. There you go. Um, 1940s dancing reference. Um, Rose immediately begins to talk to Peggy over their dancing, trying to end their show. The dancers are professionals, though, and they finish. And Rose dismisses them, but not before we hear a classic, that's the third place this week, as they exit. Rose mentions the sign uh, is barely legible. The address is wrong in the phone book and they don't even advertise and yet people still find them. Peggy and Rose have a lovely little conversation and then Peggy asks, how is everything? Sorry, that's not how she says it. She says, how is everything? And it's very cute and then Rose kind of smiles at her and says, everything is in the first door on your right. You can't miss them. James is like, you can't see it but like James has like, Fists up like a little ball of energy, like getting we, ready to we, explode. We
1: love clever, cute banter on mm-hmm. this show. and we do. Rose is just, uh, Rose coming in strong to season two. All
0: right. Mm-hmm, for sure. Peggy walks in and finds Sousa at work. There's this nice little moment where there's this like kind of noir music, but it's mm-hmm. like noir mixed over top of, it's not the exact shield music, but it's very similar right which i think is kind of like this thing where it's like a marriage between the two shows and the musical ideas and like kind of right. easing us into the concept of like these are the final days of the ssr yeah. of the ssr i mean the is 3 S's. uh you know to sort of yeah lean us more towards where shield is going to be right um which i think is a very cool little musical stinger and like Absolutely. it's very very good mm-hmm. um, i couldn't find that musical bit which was upsetting to me yeah but it was good, and I, yeah. I wanted to comment on. And then Sousa and Carter meet up. They are very nervous, and it becomes clear that Jack tricked them both to get them both in the same room. It's awkward, but kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, Peggy then meets Detective Henry. He is unimpressed and begins stating that the new burner will be you know, hitting the press soon. They're going to be knocking his, on his door, and they're going to have it solved soon. You know, He's just super dismissive and kind of wanders off coughing and you know sweating yeah um peggy and susa thaw a bit (laughs) Uh as they exchange theories quickly about the lake and the murder being separate and reminisce about Dooley's teachings explore all avenues for unturned stones what's a Dooley? (laughs) they visit the morgue the body is still very frozen they go over the facts of the body but with the final mystery it begins to take a large turn the body is bioluminescent they go to Doctor Samberly, right? Right, um, right, right, right. Who cannot explain what's going on. I want to say uh, Sanderson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I. What's funny is that I wrote this down in a way that was not how I meant it. Dude, but I'm gonna run, read you exactly what I read. Wrote. Running Ready? gag
1: where we never remember Samberly's name. We always a little liked...
0: bit. No, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like they do for a little bit there. Uh, but who cannot explain what's going on. He cannot explain it. What I meant was, was that he says, the short answer is I don't know. And then they're like, they say something. And then he goes, the long version of the answer, can't explain it. Like yeah. So it's the same thing twice. But I accidentally wrote it down and cut some of the yeah. lines. So instead I said, he can't explain what's going on. He cannot explain it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, there's an uncomfortable conversation about him not being invited out with other agents, despite lab techs being in the SSR, which he does have a point. He just doesn't have to do it in this way. Uh Susa is mentally in pain. There's a great moment where Carter begins to talk and he immediately has like head and hands, like, oh thank God someone cut that tension. You know, <laughs> he's like, he is so thankful in that moment and it's very, very funny. Detective Henry is clearly like, I do not know why I'm here. Uh, but Carter has no patience. What about the glow? The non-native matter is an great Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say some science stuff, everybody. Yeah. I'm reading exactly what the quote is. I've got no clue what this means, so just bear with me. I might get some stuff wrong. Here we go. The non-native matter is in a radioisotopic form, ionizing the nitrogen uh, molecules in the air and the blood to create the luminescence. The only occurrence that could create such a phenomenon is by producing the radioisotope in the form of uranium. Okay. Okay. Um, Henry asks what that means. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was, I, we're going to get to that in a second, don't no worry. Uh, Henry asks what that means, and Carter reveals that the girl was near a particle accelerator. Goddamn, Peggy, I'm glad you knew what that meant. Uh, there's one at Isodine Energy in Pasadena. Ooh, that's close, only an hour away. They go there, and the secretary does not let them in without a warrant. Peggy slips off when Sousa gets her signal to flirt with the secretary and distract her. She runs into a scientist named Jason Wilkes, who, uh, after some light flirting, they get around to why Peggy was there. He ends up giving her a lead to check, the owner of Isodine Energy, Calvin Chadwick. The secretary then finds her and escorts them out. Wilkes gives Carter his card. Huh. Huh, card. He yeah. cards her. Carter goes to the estate to prepare to go after Chadwick and meets Anna. She and Anna make quick friends as Anna can do the banter just as well. And also has made a garter for Carter. Ha <laughs> huh. it's, it's also a holster for a small gun. Jarvis and that's Carter nice. are then. <laughs> that's good. Jarvis and Carter are then off to the races. Ha <laughs> ha again. Uh-huh. Uh they they find Chadwick and his wife, Whitney Frost. <gasps> Jarvis says that aside from danger, his middle name is Charm. Oh, that was the line that I was gonna put. I was gonna do uh uh, Colin, my danger, ma charm Parker, <laughs> which was funny. I, I finally got there. Anyway, Jarvis said that aside from danger, his middle name is Charm, and he goes off to distract Frost.
1: DC confirmed. Mm. Danger charmed.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter initially does her little American accent shtick, but when she rattles uh, his cage quickly, she then drops the act. She presses him on Jane Scott's death and their affair. The back and forth ends with Chadwick having a slight upper hand and saying that if she gets a warrant, he'll give her the tour himself and walks off with a smile. Back in the office, they go to the coroner only to find him also frozen solid, and he falls over and shatters. Okay, we're going to stop there for a brief moment. Uh, Let's talk about thoughts and things like that from from this section.
1: Okay, so I do want to say uh, that that is a a medical examiner and not a coroner, and I wouldn't have made that distinction, uh, but a medical examiner has to be a doctor, so... It's, it's Emmy Meltzer. And uh, by the way, uh, if you're keeping track at home, the uh, ice and freezing puns in this season are as if uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Batman and Robin was writing these scripts. Meltzer?
0: Yeah. I also was going to say it's as if you were in the writing room.
1: Oh, intre- yeah. Th- I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. All right. It cool. is a compliment. It's um, just it's.
0: I'm saying that that's the level of – how heavy handed they are and how many yeah. there are.
1: Ice, I, iceness, it's ice that you have. Stupid. Uh, let's see. Let's <laughs> see. Up until this point, uh, I wrote if you're writing the, if you're writing for this show and you want a funny name for a flamingo and you're going to have two people with English accents say it, Bernard is the perfect name for the flamingo. They've nailed it. They,
0: they've, they've, out out they've,
1: there's no better name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it says bird in the, like, Mm. You can't spell "burner" without "bird," and then also, uh, it, you have that "erned," which is sort of a British thing. Uh, Rose <laughs> took up surfing because Rose n- is an irrepressible force of mm-hmm. nature. Um, and if there was a Marvel like shorts of like if Disney Plus was exist- was extant in 2015, a there would Rose, have be surfing, Rose movie surfing movie short yeah. would be killer. Um, uh, the cabinet that opens the door to the SSR, which is the first of two. Uh, Full size buildings hidden behind like walls in this uh, on this day, um, I-, I don't know uh, is R S is the R to S cabinet and Peggy says that's easy to remember and I said yeah because Steve Rogers, um,
0: interesting. You know what yeah. I was thinking R what? to S like was be the kind of like Rose.
1: Oh yeah. You know. So like it's I guess it depends on which one she finds uh, right. yeah, more yeah. emotionally uh Right, because
0: memorable. she would have to be thinking Roger's Steve.
1: <laughs> right, which is how it would appear in a file cabinet.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean I am agreeing with you to be yeah, fair. Yeah. I'm not being sarcastic. I just don't know why you realize like, that came across me? Like
1: I'm not sure why you're fighting me. <laughs> uh
0: well we'll talk about it about that. All right, great.
1: Ugh. Um she, Peggy says fetch a chisel when they uh discover the body. And I think that's really funny and it I don't, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't write anything else. I just thought it was really funny that she's like, fetch a chisel. Like, okay, we're just moving right along. Just plowing right through. Um, Mm. (laughs) And then I think, oh, no. Uh, I think that the decision to add Samberly to the show is a very interesting one. Uh, This show needs more National Lampoon's vacation style comedy. I'm not complaining. I just think it's a funny thing to have added Like literally, and it's both, it is funny. He's a funny, it's a funny character, but it's it's a weird way to have gone, I feel like.
0: It is, it's interesting because like, I feel like he's the nerd that you, like, okay, I feel like oftentimes there are nerd characters in movies and TV shows where you're like, "Ah, I feel like, I don't want to say that you feel bad for them necessarily, but like there is a little bit of like, you feel for their plight when they get like messed with by jocks and stuff like that. I mean, you're like, oh, that's just so unfortunate. Like, sure. It sucks that people are like that. And like for a small second, you're like, oh, that does suck that they don't invite him out. Like when the agents go, like he's right. He is in the SSR just like them. But like, you'll see from this scene and it continues not to tease, but yeah, he doesn't handle those conversations in the most like, I don't know what the word for it. Is acceptable way? So then yeah. you're kind of like, okay, listen, nerd. That's maybe you kind of deserved it. You know? Oh
1: yeah. It just gives uh it gives um sitcom beats to this. It season. does. Yeah, and it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Uh, Heartthrob Sousa. Like, California and who, whatever oh, I'm else agrees you, with him. like It
0: really does. Listen, 1947 Sousa is a different man, <laughs> and I'm here for it. <laughs> I love how much it's... I mean, like, it's the music, which, again, is fascinating, right? Like, yeah. for whatever reason, 1946, we didn't really... I mean, we got jazz, but we didn't get, like, this kind of jazz. Yeah. You know what I sultry mean?
1: Sultry stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: we're getting sultry stuff. We're getting a little bit of surf and waves. We're getting a little bit of that, like... Deep out of the California hills, right? Like, and like, yeah, we're getting a bunch of different music, but like, it's like it's, West Side it's very, stuff. yeah, but it's, it's, it's popping. And like, yeah. he's out there in like suits, but with like Hawaiian shirts that I yeah. would wear, you yeah. know, even in the 2020s. Um, yeah. Like, I think you have the you one he's, he's wearing actually. <laughs> I, it's very possible, actually. <laughs> it, there's a moment where, because he wears two different shirts, I think, in this episode, yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken. And one of them, I definitely was like, i think i mm, um, i was like <laughs> if not that wait a minute it's, it's close you know yeah pretty much um, um
1: his jawline speaking of fetch a chisel oh, yeah, like
0: for real that's oof. i you know what's funny i mentioned that in in episode one of 1947 yeah. which i'm now remembering because we have yeah. recorded it yeah and i was like i don't know what it is but his jawline his face like it's he's sculpted a little yeah. more in this. yeah exactly so different different a person out.
1: drawing him uh in this season and uh it's you know they've gone a different way. Chip
0: Zdarsky was like, what if I had to crack at him?
1: <laughs> okay. Jason Wilkes mm-hmm. is the coolest dude. I want to talk about some social stuff, and we're gonna get into that in this episode and next episode with with Tay, but mm-hmm. uh just from a pure what happens, he is immediately the coolest. He he runs into a stranger, a beautiful woman, and he immediately is like, do you want to, be to have your mind blown? Yeah. And he takes her into a room where he is doing chemistry on wine, which isn't his job. He's just doing it, which mm-hmm. means that he is like a rebel. Sci- like setting up glassware to do something with something that you drink. I'm not even a great scientist, and it makes my skin crawl from like, but the rules, like, so he's, right. he's a rebel. Uh, so he brings that scientist heat, and I love it very much. And then the lines just start coming. She's like, is this poison? And he says, well, it's ethanol. So yes, because that's what <laughs> ethanol is. Right. What you're doing when you're drinking socially is, look at me, drink this poison, and not die. Aren't I a great <laughs> specimen of of, gene- of genetics?
0: Aren't I powerful?
1: Wouldn't you love to have your genetic line with mine? Um. Uh, then she says, so sure you're a genius that. She said, oh. cutting him off Like mm-hmm. he was starting to recite Some roomy poetry in uh,
0: 19 <laughs> I'm Peggy Carter <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so, yeah, Exactly, and he says, no But yes, but yes. Oh,
0: He's just so humble <laughs> Okay, no, and it's then good. It's
1: good mm, Let's just say She had a very close relationship with Calvin Chadwick beat, beat. This part,
0: hey Can I say this part as I watched this, I went. This is James.
1: The I it's that I didn't wake someone in my house. Mm-hmm. Laughing at this, okay. Let's just say she had a very close relationship with Calvin Chadwick. Beat, beat. By that I mean they were involved. Peggy says, "Yes, I understand." The tension builds like a like a balloon, and Jason Wilkes expertly goes sleeping together, and just, your point is made. <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> by this man she has just met right the most he's both the most awkward and coolest person in the room and very james then he uh well well i like the way this is going um <laughs> uh then he wears his lab coat outside which again uh i know it's a tv thing and so it's, you know you remember he's the one that's the scientist as if he's not the only black person in the show but um which is which is the thing I want to discuss but yep. uh it is the standard tv thing where you wear the lab coat outside so you know where the scientist is but uh, also right. don't wear your lab coat outside jason i put in all caps cuz i feel like you know we know each other and then he continues just this like full four, full court press of yes. just destruction where he's like uh here's my card let me put my personal number on there and she's like, oh, um, uh, and it's like, maybe I should have your number two. And she's like, oh, um, I don't, that's not necessary. Flustered. Right. Uh, I was like, fucking Wilkes. Hell yeah, dude. All caps. Because I was just. <sighs> don't, that's not a cut that. That's an applaud. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a, okay, don't cut okay, that. Okay,
0: okay, gotcha. Sure. <laughs> and then I'm going, oh, oh okay. Uh, don't cut that, though. Oh, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> too, too much it for me.
1: Uh, now I have like four more th- things. Okay. I have four more things uh, in the in what you've said so far. Um, all right. So I said, Peggy establish- establishes these easy called back things with her boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve was dancing. Uh, Sousa's horse racing, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I'm going to be on the lookout for Jason's. And at first I was going to erase that. Cause I was like, I don't want to uh, Jason erasing. Uh, I don't want to, um, like play the hand too quickly that they are gonna become involved, and yet, and then I thought back about what just happened, right. and I'm like, ah, that's not necessary. If she, <laughs> like, right? If, unless she gets hit by a car or like an exploding door, she is She's... going to be involved with this. Okay, uh, okay. Speaking of which, so yeah.
0: she gets hit by a car. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> oh, this is and this is this is after Anna and uh, <laughs> and Jarvis kiss. Right next, right.
0: I I I had to cut that for time, but I had in my notes. I initially said when they meet, she calls Jarvis back yeah. because he starts to leave. She's like, Mm-mm. does the finger waggle, and he comes over, and she just full on max on her man, yeah. no less than three feet from Carter.
1: Like if they, in in a different, but but more similar because of Samberley's presence in a different show, they would have like bumped up against her in their passion like oh oh yes like okay so this is my summary of all the stuff that we've seen so far where yeah i said what is going on in california 1947 people are horned up and i don't use the term horned up ever colin you know that about me i'm famous for that yes famously not yeah
0: in fact, I think this might be the second time I've ever heard you say that phrase. Which And is, it was probably... That should it, show you how much I've heard.
1: Exactly. And it, I may have been talking about this uh, this part that time, too. Uh, I said, Anna kisses Jarvis like he's going away to war. And then I, I thought about mm-hmm. it, and I was like, is this like... Like, Anna is the, is the coolest. The women of 1947, Agent Carter season two, uh, rule... All of them. Yes, yes, for sure. uh, Honor rules. But this sort of feels like a little bit of a display of, you know, I I said ownership, but like this is my man a little bit. Yes. I mean, there's passion there and it's not faked.
0: What I think about that, though, right, is that like I also wondered that when I was watching this back, because I've seen the episode at least twice before. right? And I was like watching this back and I was like, you know, I've never thought about this. But even though. Like they never do that. That that exact thing ever again. Yeah. And I wonder if it's like I've heard a lot about you. Yeah. I haven't fully gauged your situation, but just in case you thought right. there was something happening, I'm gonna let you know immediately what our thing is. Yeah. And then once she kind of sees that that's not what Peggy's like thing or deal yeah. is, she's like, Okay, we're cool. Yeah. She but doesn't feel the need to do that again. Because Anna's the coolest. She is. She's great. Um
1: Let's see. Uh, F stands for freedom, gets called back, as I mentioned. I I called it forward when we talked Mm -hmm. about it at the movie theater and movie brawl, and uh, now it's getting called back. Uh, Another movie that Jarvis mentions that uh, Whitney Frost was in is Tales of Suspense, which, of course, is the comic book where Iron Man first appeared. Uh, And then I think the last thing is that uh, someone, I think it's Jarvis, says to Peggy... And, and correct me if I'm if this is a scene a, a subsequent scene, says what do you do what do you do for relaxation assemble rifles.
0: I honestly don't even remember where that is. Let me, let me, let me is. look it
1: up real quick because I have the transcript here in, uh, up.
0: Yeah, I don't re- recall where that is in the episode. I,
1: I I was like that is really funny, and then I didn't write any context down because um, you know you're you're taking you're taking all sorts of notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me just check because I think that it's I think it's Jarvis like teasing Carter assemble <laughs> rifles assemble. Oh, I'm not. All oh, right. So uh, we'll show you've seen Tales of Suspense. I'm not one for the cinema. What do you do for relaxation? Assemble rifles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like just like the very gentle roasting of his like yeah, best. Exactly. Friend. Right. That's, it's cute. So those uh, okay. are my
1: notes. Uh, I felt like I was taking old school notes. So forgive me for the. Perfect. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. Live, uh...
0: Uh, let's get to the second half here. And I'm also going to do an interesting little breakdown for this. There are a couple of short scenes that happen mm. here in New York City. Mm. So instead of doing a thing where I'm like in L.A. and then going now to New York for one sentence. And right. then coming back to L.A. I'm going to tell you everything that happens in New York City throughout the day. Yeah. Immediately right here. And then we're going to get back to just a normal timeline yeah. uh, for uh, L.A. So in New York City, Jack tries to best Dotty by being like, oh, you know, I used to do the the stick and the carrot. And then, you know, you took my boss. And you know, he, he tries to be like, I'm a bad cop. I'm the bad cop. And like, you know, now there's no good cop and you should be afraid. He then tries to prove that he's not afraid. And he uh undoes her things to be like, see, I can be like Peggy, and she immediately pins him and tells him that they need Peggy. Hilarious. <clears throat> Eventually, the FBI barges in and takes her into custody. Thompson is outraged, but Vernon Masters tells him that he's going to give him a reason why the FBI should get the tag. They go out for drinks, and Vernon begins to lie down his clear manipulation of Jack. And Jack is pushing back, but does seem to be falling for it. It feels like Jack takes one step forward and then two steps back.
1: I mean, we come together because opposites attract, but I think that um, – don't set me up for Paul Abdul. I mean, like, it's just – that's just going to happen even in – So back but, to L.A., Detective
0: yeah, <laughs> Henry uh, I goes do want out... to
1: actually respond to that. So oh, um, okay. <laughs> I think that this is another so – Jack's, Jack's – Jack doesn't have um, – his own willpower anymore in this season. And I don't, and yeah. we, I want to talk about it over the course of the season about like mm-hmm. what that means for his character. But I feel like he, he like sees the cage he's in and then like bumps up against the bars and then like, like on, gets pushed back. Like
0: not exactly on purpose, but it's like, yeah, it's like he knows it's electrified and yet he still will yeah. walk up to it and touch it.
1: Yeah. And he's sort of like resigned to like, uh, okay. It's yeah.
0: it's a bummer, right, yeah. for us because what we talked about recently was how much we liked yeah. his character arc of moving upwards yeah. and onwards. And now he's taking he's like he's basically sprinting backwards. Right. Like in real time, we can watch him regress and actually potentially get worse. That that that'll be up yeah. to interpretation. But yeah, uh, so that's that's Jack in New York. Yeah. Um So back to L.A., Detective Henry goes to get a drink, uh, but the water freezes in front of him. I think he was going to splash it in his face, right? Or something? something, Um, Yeah, he was coughing or taking pills. Um, So uh, Carter and Sousa are in the hall going over the details of the autopsy, uh, which is why I think I assumed that it was a coroner, which I guess technically a medical examiner gives an autopsy. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know what a coroner actually does, Uh, so that's a fascinating thing. We can do that off air, though. Um, Okay. The the murderer wants to tell sorry, hang on. Uh the murderer wants us to think Jane Scott was killed by the lady of the lake killer. is something that uh that Susa begins to think or say. Carter says that it well, it had to have been, right? Because they swapped the shoes on the feet. And he's like, right. I mean, I guess so, because the only people that knew that information, since it never hit the press, was the killer and the police. Oh my God, Detective Henry, where is he? Henry is ahead of them, though. He has kidnapped Wilkes, and he knocks out Jarvis. There's a very funny line where as they're approaching him, he goes, he's like, tense your jaws, like, what is He's like, he's about to pff, hit you <laughs> or knock you out or something like that, and Jarvis hits the floor like a sack of potatoes. Um, so uh, that's what happens, and they get into a car, and they go off. Uh, it, after the New York stuff happens, they race off. To find him, and uh, they end up finding his abandoned car later under some some sort of like underpass type situation. Uh, I keep looking away from my notes to talk to you, and then I lose my place. Um, <laughs> okay. For, uh, Carter gives Jarvis hit, uh, her extra gun from the garter, the garter Carter gun, mm-hmm. um, and he holds it like very daintily, like like he's holding something that he shouldn't be touching. And he's like, Ugh. Sousa then gives him a flashlight. Uh, telling him to use it so the police know where he is and, you know, they don't end up shooting him or whatever. And he says, I shall be a beacon of justice. And Seuss is like, ugh, and walks off, <laughs> which is very funny. Wilkes at gunpoint talks to Henry. Henry says that he's not the murderer, but for the right price, he will clean up people's messes. So he hid Jane Scott's body to make it look like the Lady of the Lake Killer so that they would reopen the case, which he needed to do because they had pulled all of his resources. I'm not a bad guy, he yells, holding someone at gunpoint.
1: Uh (laughs) Um,
0: A shot is fired, and Henry and Wilkes both try to take cover. Carter and Wilkes end up close. Uh It is sensual, to say the (laughs) least. Uh, Henry gets the drop on Sousa. Carter shows up to save him, and they try to talk Henry down. He says that he's dying, and he for sure is. In front of our very eyes, he is turning to ice. They tell him that they can help him. He says, they won't let that happen. Who won't? But he doesn't get to respond. A beat cop who just appears seemingly out of nowhere shoots him and he shatters. Carter yells at him about the no guns call and he says, I'm sorry, I left my radio in the car. Wilkes and Carter talk after the event and Wilkes asks her on a date. Uh, The beat cop is then seen getting money from Chadwick as he tells him that the job is done. He smiles and says, see, honey, you fig- you figured out how to fix it all. And then from the shadows, Whitney Frost leans up. And that's the last time we should have to dirty our hands, hmm? Just because you dirtied other parts of your anatomy. Ugh. The worst looks line of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Back at the office, Sousa and Carter recognize that the case isn't closed. And they're going to keep working it. They begin to leave and is like, oh, I left my jacket. Go on ahead. So she goes back for it, and when she goes to the window, uh, as she sees Sousa leave and sees him with his new girlfriend, she takes a moment and kind of essentially quietly accepts it and moves on. Our final moment is of Wilkes back at Isodyne Energy, overlooking a large container, like glass-like structure, holding a black inky substance that is undulating menacingly.
1: Okay, so I have two. Uh, I have three uh, notes about New York, and then um, oh, uh, okay. and then one about when we get back to LA. Um, okay, said Dottie looks like a cat playing with her dinner when Jack walks in. Like oh, she's like absolutely, sl- she's like slouching, which is kind of funny, but in a way that looks like oh, don't you know, please. Look at how incapacitated and unquickly moving I am. I'm slouched down in my chair. She looks like she's already planning how to serve him. Like right. as dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, then uh, I said, aw, Jack, stealing Peggy's line slash strategy is not going to work. It feels... It doesn't even feel cunning It feels like it's like, oh, oh, you, it's like, mm, I think I've seen it in like a, in like a a romantic comedy situation where someone watches a person much more confident or in a different context or whatever, use a line that then they try and use later. And you're just like,
0: oh no. You know what it is? It's into the spider verse when he sees Gwen and he goes, hey, and tries to do that thing where he puts the hand and she's like that's exactly um it. hey and he goes oh and then he realizes he didn't have a plan after that and then he goes to leave and now they're stuck together like it's that right it's like <laughs>
1: that's exactly it
0: using that line and then you're like you you can't pull that off you know what I mean? yeah
1: it's you don't you think that it's easy to say i'm not afraid of you
0: i'm not afraid to like tell someone like like it is or whatever right and like i feel like Jack needs someone who's not afraid to tell him like it is in this moment, right? Which is to be like, this isn't working. And also like your situation right now is like you were, um, and I don't think he was even bad necessarily as a solitary person. But like, I think what the problem is that he got so used to being part of like a duo. Yeah. Like a, like a two person act. And then he lost his two person act. Duolio. His, 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 uh, he lost his Jakuli yeah. and, um, you know, and like in his loss of Jacouli, he sent Carter out. Yeah. Because also Carter wasn't going to do the whole stick and carrot with him. No. Um, and so like the problem is, and then susa left. Right. So like, I think Jack just and is Rose sort of left. like, yeah. It's like and everyone. Then, <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, Samberley's like hi, and he's like, I don't, t- I don't even know who you are. <laughs> he just he's like okay.
1: He just walks right by Samberley.
0: <laughs> he's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, Chief Thompson. I just wanted to tell you about. Uh, okay, yeah, ne- next time. <laughs> he's like, man, no one here wants to talk to me. He's like, no, I did. Okay. He's just like, constantly in the background, like, I'll go to a drink with what? you. Yeah. And he's like, I can't believe I have to drink alone again. And he's like, I am. I will get my coat if you want someone to go. And he's like, can't believe I'm all alone. Then he's like, am I dead? Like, you one hear me? Relatable.
1: Um, I'm feeling so lonely. And then the wrong people tweet you. Oh, God.
0: I, okay, listen. I I hate that. I've been there. I've done that. I I won't get into it. But it's like the amount of times where it's like. Now I ain't going to lie to you. The bowl is done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. We should get back to the show, shouldn't we? Um, Okay, so. Yeah. You know what, just in case? Hey, you know what, just in case? (laughs) So James, what are your thoughts on these clips and the scenes (laughs) that we've had?
1: I think that here's a far-fetched, hmm, wait. I don't know if I want to burn this yet. I'm gonna say it and then if I say it again at the end of the season when we do another uh, like we're we're finished with this show let's recap it a little bit. If Mm -hmm. I say it again no one hold it against me. A season three or four Mm -hmm. where Dottie is now on the team Mm. and she and Jack have this relationship where they never it's never romantic but it is interesting like they're both sort of I want to use the word scumbag but it feels weird to call Dottie a scumbag but like they both like go out to pick up women at bars together you know what I mean
0: that's interesting you know what I would almost see (laughs) it being yeah I would see it as they are doing that together to see like who can pick up more and of course it's gonna be her right yeah of course but like the whole time it's just secretly he wants he I think in my head he wants her approval. Yes. And he does, he does want her to go home with him. But like in the end, Oh, it's yeah, only okay. because it's only because he finally recognizes that he can let go of some like gender norms. Yeah. And so then like she, and I'm going to use the quote, like the quote that they would probably use in the 1940s to be yeah. very clear. He would kind of understand that, Oh wait, she wears the pants. Right. right? And this is like, this is in quotes. And that, like, he's like, actually, I kind of like when I take care of like the more around the house stuff, and like she just sort of like, you know, literally throws me around the room and, uh, you know, rocks my world and all this other stuff. Like, and yeah. she comes home and does whatever. And like, I think that there's something there about kind of like uh, I enemies peggy, to lovers. But not
1: for that reason.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> James, I was gonna make a pegging joke, and I chose not to. Because I wasn't sure if it was if this was the time, but yeah, genuinely I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think that like, you know, they're talking it's time
1: to play stick and carrot.
0: They're having a conversation. <laughs> oh, oh God. And he's like, I'm the stick, right? And she's like, mm. Shut up. And he's like, oh, I'm the carrot. Damn it. Oh, no, but like God. I also love the concept of they're having a conversation and they think to themselves. And then someone's like, yeah. Well, Peg, and then she goes, "Yes." They're like, hmm? "Oh no, we weren't talking to you." She's like, oh, "Okay, wait, what?" You know,
1: yeah. Okay, so a, yeah, so two, two two different shows where yeah. one is uh, Thompson and Dottie. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna use the word bro, and I mean it in sure. like I know what you mean, colleague. Yeah. Com- but that's never a like a a romantic tension there, and I equally like.
0: The enemy he's a dumb he's
1: a dummy that is sort of like, hey, with you know I'm I'm cool, I'm the I'm the cool guy. And she's like, Shut up, come with me. And she's like, All right, okay. Sorry. Come the in.
0: himbo that just follows. Yes.
1: You know? Oh, himbo is yep. Hmm. Yep. That great. Great usage. Excellent. So, anyways, that's the this feels like if that was season three or four where they took it, or like a spin-off show or whatever, mm-hmm. this scene where he tries to interrogate her just the in and it goes the worst it could possibly go <laughs> yeah. uh feels like the basis of that like some writers right. like wait a minute
0: she, she pins him and he's like how do i get more of that actually you know what that right? awoken something and, in me and i don't know what it was
1: later she's like if you she said something like if you want more than a sore if you want me to give you more than a sore throat such and such i was like yeah what? oh, oh with the the table right right <laughs>
0: I mean, it's pointed, you know what I mean? And I was like, wow, they are not hiding it. Okay. Right. All right, so uh, uh, I think... Mm-hmm. There's that.
1: Uh, and then, oh, Vernon having gotten Jack the job at the SSR yeah, takes a lot away from Jack in in a different way than I was expecting it to when I started the, the episode. Like, mm-hmm. what we've talked about with, like, he's sort of backsliding aside, it sort of feels like... If if we saw a flashback and Peggy Carter was hired by the SSR specifically, specifically because she dated or she knew right.
0: Cap, you know what though? Here's my question: Do you think that's true though? Do you yeah, think I mean it's just they, manipulation. If,
1: if if Vernon knows his dad, then
0: right. But I mean, here's here's another thing that I'm thinking. Right? Let's say he's like, oh, you know. My my son's trying to get into the whatever, or you know, like yeah. you know, put in a good word, or however the situation happens, right? right? John Thompson, John Thompson, yeah. No, but you like know imagine Jr. you have this resume come across your desk, and you're just like, that guy's son. Yeah, I'm not doing shit for that, right? Right. So you don't even do anything about it, but then he gets into the SSR anyway, or whatever. Okay. Then later on, you know, something happens. And you're like, and then when you're like, hey, thanks for putting in a good word for me, and you're like, I didn't yes
1: okay of course
0: yeah i've got your back yeah then you're kind of like wait a minute i didn't even do anything and i'm getting credit i can use that
1: you know what you're absolutely correct i'm wrong i said this takes a lot away from jack to, to have this switch and have it turn out that it was something and i was about to say like well i mean isn't it the simpler thing that it's that that Vernon's telling the truth. No, it's not the simpler thing that Vernon's telling the truth, because for Vernon to be telling the truth, that undoes a whole season of of work, and like it undermines right. Dooley, and it undermines Peggy's you know increasing relationship with him. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You're right. I'm I'm incorrect. Also, master's mind, Vernon. Master's mm-hmm. mind. I don't, that's, I don't know. That's just I don't know. Do with that ha- what you will.
0: Marvel. Hey, is if that's anything, is
1: that like have that. You go, go for yeah. it. Um, but that's all I have, I think, for all, all of my notes. Uh,
0: I know that we will mention it probably many times before, uh, or many times after, I mean. Not many times before. <laughs> uh, it is a constant issue where I cannot see him in any scene, and if he doesn't mention putting a foot in someone's ass, it's like, damn, his signature. Right. It's not there. We talked about, like, it's like you know Samuel L. Jackson and, like, the F word. Right. You're like, uh oh. I, I, what I like about Marvel is that they sometimes get them close to saying the word, but then they cleverly like cut away kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, they know. They know the brand and they're yeah. keeping it. Right. But they're yeah. just keeping it, you know, friendly. But like, I love that. Like, here you're like, you're going like, he's going to say something like, you know, you're waiting for him to say something to Dottie about like, you know, slip up and, you know, it's going to be my foot up your ass or, right. you know, listen, Thompson. Thompson's like, what? You can. You can fight me. Yeah. He's like, you put what up? What? Oh, I'm sorry. No. And he's like, son, don't be weird about it. And he goes, oh, I, I don't. Daddy. No, no. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, no, but like I, I, it's, it's tough for me to see him without hearing that line sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but I, what I do appreciate is that he carries that energy. Yes. You know? Yes. It's in a lot of the lines that they, that he has. He doesn't say it, but you know, he's thinking
1: it. When I was doing his Avengers ensemble, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Yeah, a lot of these movies, he has that 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 red form and energy. Like, even when he's like a young guy, a younger man, you're like, oh, he's always had that.
0: (laughs) It's like he, it's it's like almost like the jokes of like you know cartoons where it's like babies come out of the womb and they immediately like have like an axe if they're a lumberjack or whatever, right? It's like they immediately have something or say something. His would be they'd be like they would spank him to get him to cry. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. You know, like you know, they'd be like, "That's weird." The baby's not crying. And then he's like, "Crying. Crying's for sissies." And then he's like, "You try and make me cry again, I'll put my foot up your ass." <laughs> yeah. But it would be like up an octave, right? You know, because exactly. it's like high pitch. And they're like, and they're like,
1: oh, "What?" But it'd be Kurt with Smith doing it, and they would have altered his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it
0: would just be him, but he would be like, way, 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 okay. and they're like, "Whoa, what? This baby's crazy."
1: Exactly. Anyway.
0: Okay. Speaking of Avengers, though. Yeah, Avengers should ensemble.
1: we should we do a little Avengers ensemble? Oh, an
0: hour and twenty four minutes, and yeah.
1: I mean, there's. I mean, like, especially if you're cutting the one conversation. Yeah, yeah. we're good.
0: Oh, and no, also, no. we'll be We'll, I've be good. we'll come be
1: back around on it. And even if you cut it, it will help us to have already been thinking about yes. it for when we record. Yeah.
0: Kind of like the conversations that we had about war, like at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation about war and stuff like that, like early in the war stuff and i think it informed a lot of our war speech for the rest of 1943
1: and 44 and 45 for sure absolutely absolutely okay avengers ensemble avengers ensemble samberly is played by a comedian a stand-up comedian named matt browner and uh i say that because that's my context for him uh and also for this show, uh, he was on two episodes of the Amazon show Upload. He was on one episode mm-hmm. of Stan Against Evil, one episode of BoJack Horseman, one episode of um, a TV show that I've never heard of, but I, the title is just too good not to share. Uh, it's called You and Your Fucking Coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's good
1: uh one episode of pushing daisies which i will be pushing uh until everyone watches it and it comes back on the air and uh two episodes of a show that i don't know what, what it's about but the title suggests that it is in this keeping of comic book sort of nerdy stuff it's called the wastelander and um the show resurrection boulevard burned me in that it is in no way sci-fi but uh, i really feel confident about the wastelander being a good uh a good pick uh, Emmy Meltzer is played by a guy named Bruce Katzman. Uh, he was on one episode of Ghost Whisperer. He was in other stuff, but that was pretty much uh, all the stuff in our wheelhouse that I had uh, that I saw. Uh, the Isodine receptionist, um, who doesn't uh, get a name, and if we see her too many more times, we may have to play our name that unnamed person game again, uh, is played by a character or an actor, an actress named Angela. Angela Cristantello, uh, who is of course one of Angie's friends from back home, uh, and her filmography. There's really nothing very nerdy in it. Um, sort of this sort of was like a different, like or, like she sort of got a toe into this genre from a, like other sort of like not rom com, but sort of like coming of age sort of, yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, Jason Wilkes is played by a guy named, a guy named Reggie Austin. Which is one of those names where it's like really, because it looks more like a Jason Wilkes to me because I only know him from this, um, <laughs> uh, two, like Bill, the guy who played Bill Gannon on Dragnet. He played. Okay. He was also on MASH or whatever. But like, I thought the actor's name was Bill Gannon for a long time, but it's not. Um, uh, Reggie Austin was in two episodes of Homeland, one episode of Bones, which we won't call by its other name. Uh, he was in the 2006 <laughs> The Omen. And he was uh-huh. in the remake of the Manchurian Candidate, which I included because that's a brainwashing property, and
0: and it gets mentioned in the MCU.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean it has to because they ripped off the, the whole concept of it. Um, not that they ripped off not the concept of brainwashing is is the property. No, they Manchurian. ripped off something else. His arm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Omen, uh, just real quick, was also a remake, uh, and it was released on June sixth, two thousand six. 2006 so right. that was 666, so 666 yeah uh which was like 2 weeks after Kristen and my wedding and so mm-hmm. i often think when it's nearing our anniversary about the people that got married on 666 and like how their lives are that's just a thing that i that i think about um
0: because you're some religious nut job <laughs> because i th-
1: i'm more of a numerical thing numerical oh. nut job num num job no that's something else oh um, god that's a whole different thing Calvin Chadwick is played by Curry Graham, uh, who we will talk about in the future for sure, because um, we already recorded that. We're recording this on uh, December 3rd, 2022. But Colin will bring up Curry Graham in an episode either two episodes from now or four episodes from now. Um, but let's learn about Curry Graham now. Um, he was on seven episodes of The Rookie, where he played Nathan Fillion's friend who lets him stay at his house. Uh, he was on one episode of Titans, two episodes of Westworld, four episodes of House of Lies, one episode of Mad Men. He was in the movie Cabin Fever 3, Patient Zero, which I didn't know they'd made, um, which is interesting. Uh, he was on one episode of Arrow. He was in the 2012 Total Recall, uh, one episode of Fringe, one episode of Grim, two episodes of The Mentalist. <clears throat> Uh, one episode of castle one episode this is i'm going for this is my live show uh catchphrase by the way uh the crowd saying the mentalist with me uh during avengers ensemble that's what i'm going for um one episode of castle we
0: need to get a giant light up sign yeah exactly so it's like four three two one
1: yeah and especially when we have simon baker on the show um God, what a handsome man. Okay, uh, one episode of Ghost Whisperer. Uh, he was in the movie Stargate, The Ark of Truth. Uh, and we've reached a point in in the, some of these series where it sounds like they were made up. And one episode of Switchblade. And I'm not sure why I included hmm. that because I've never heard of it at all. And I don't know why I put it there. Maybe the poster looked like something or something. Uh, Vernon Masters is played by Kurtwood Smith. Uh, 10 episodes because that's all they filmed, I'm, I would imagine, of the upcoming That 90s Show, which uh, is the name of a, a Simpsons episode, which is based on that 70s show, which he was also on. Um, the 90, That 90s show, The Simpsons episode, is very good. Uh, Kurt Smith was also in the 2022 Firestarter, uh, that, the remake yeah. of that. Uh, he was on three episodes of Jupiter's Legacy, which I believe is the one where the guy has that long white hair. Uh, he was on one episode of Star Trek Lower Decks or Funny Star Trek, as I like to call it, one episode of Future Man. He was in Amityville, The Awakening, one episode of Rick and Morty. He was Commissioner Gordon in 15 episodes of Beware the Batman. Uh, he was on two episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series. Uh, he was also in Green Lantern First Flight. Uh, he was in 16 episodes of Worst Week, opposite Kyle Bornheimer, who plays Chris Minsky. Uh, he was in three episodes of Medium, seven episodes of 24, one episode of Psych, which I did include because of The Mentalist, uh, 200 episodes of that 70s show, one episode of Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go, which I included for obvious reasons. That is Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. Two episodes of Robot <laughs> Chicken, two episodes. Oh, I wrote two episodes, one episode of Batman Beyond, so I don't know. You <laughs> just, you know. Did he miss a did he miss a show title or a miss an account? Or, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Uh he was in one episode of Spawn, the television show. Um right. he was in the movie Deep Impact, which is the Morgan Freeman asteroid movie, yeah, not yeah. the uh Bruce Willis asteroid movie. Right. Um two episodes wow. of Men in Black, uh, which was I think a cartoon series. Uh yeah, it was. It was, was it good? great? Was it it good was good. One? Uh at do least think? as a kid I thought it was good. Yeah. It might not it, it might may, actually
0: yeah. be awful, but who knows?
1: Uh, he was in two episodes of Star Trek Voyager, one episode of De- Deep Space Nine, one episode of The X Files. He was in Star Trek VI. Uh, he was in the movie RoboCop, and he was in one episode of The A Team. Um, in Star Trek VI, I believe he played uh like an authority, like someone's dad, like I don't know uh this guy um. In the Undiscovered Country? Eric Froman uh, is, Ensign Eric Froman is in that uh, movie, and he plays his dad, Admiral Red Froman. Uh, that's a joke. And okay. um, I was going to say something, and I, I've, oh, uh, oh, I do like to imagine that when they said, what comic book uh, character do you want to mostly play or be in the works of, he said Green Lantern, and uh, what that implies about him for better or worse that was the thought i had while I was making this um like on the one hand super cool on the other hand is it so and then finally uh rookie cop is played by a, a character named or uh, the character of rookie cop is played by an actor named alex alche alche uh and he was in nothing nerdy uh that i saw alche uh Autocorrect Al-ch- did not want Alchat. It Al-chi, was, Alchi, 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 Alchi. So for sure. There was some definite Alchi, Al-chat erasure, Alchasure. And that's it. Uh, that's <coughs> it for uh, Avengers Ensemble. And oh, those are all my notes. So shall I uh, head out west and uh, and and try and make some uh, some connections out there? All right. So if you want to find uh, uh, this show on Twitter, uh, you can find it at Timeline Scav. Um, you can also find our network, scavenger network at scavengers net. Um, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to approach me, a scientist and, and teach me the ways of being a charming, uh, you know, sort of debonair, charming, cool in his own way, scientist in a la Jason Wilkes, you can find me at unabashed James. If you want to find Colin, who is glowing and also really, really cold? Where could you find? Where could they find you, Colin?
0: You can find me at Colin M. Parker talking about the fact that what I wanted to do was I was going to put on the Johnny Mercer song underneath yeah. while we were talking in the outro, but I didn't actually have it open, so I couldn't find in time. But when I looked it up just now to find it, I found out James, this song came out in 1948.
1: What? But they we're in 1946, this... Colin. We're
0: 1947, James. Wink uh, So that's interesting Unless there's a different the version But like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah but like I just looked it up just now And every version that I see of this song Says The Hills of California 1948
1: And or as we always say If something's there that shouldn't be Because it's there early Howard, Howard Stark, Stark Yep
0: He commissioned it for Howard One of his new movies Howard Stark record
1: executive <laughs> Yeah I, I laughed just now As if that was a, a silly thing And yet I'd very much Watch that show
0: yeah he's like hmm I don't know anything about music but I think you got a kid I
1: think those Boswell sisters are where it's at
0: there's music happening like, is no and this is not to the beat at all he's like yeah this is really cooking Jarvis and he's like sir please one and th- uh, sorry like two and four please <laughs> he's like and he's like what what's that I, no one is what You, you want to be first one two three four one two three four. I was like, Ugh, good heavens! All right, sorry. We have one more person to.
1: There's one more. Uh, there's one more person that I want you to, to find on social media, wherever you can, and wherever you go. Uh, and his name is Nick Rimald, and he <laughs> is the composer of both the intro and outro music for our show. You can find him on Twitter at n b r a m a l d. I did annoy myself when I stretched it out when I was listening to an episode recently, so we're not doing that anymore. That joke is over. And you can also find him on his website at nickbermoldcomposer.co.uk. That's going to do it for us for uh, this episode. It's also going to do it for us for us talking about Season 2 of Agent Carter as a solo two-man mission, uh, because we're going to start having guests next episode. Uh, but for, uh, as always, I am James Anderson.
0: I'm Colin Parker.
1: And excelsior